From Johannesburg to Jerusalem, the world is always changing, growing and innovating. Join Benji Shulman for the next hour as he brings you the trendsetters, the thought leaders and those creating news before it happens. Only on the New Blue Review, your favorite Jewish culture and current affairs show. Every Monday at 9 a.m. right here on 101.9 High FM. You're listening to 101.9 High FM. I'm Benji Shulman. This is the New Blue Review. Welcome to the show on this Monday morning. Hope you are having a fantastic start to your week. And we are going to be bringing you a fantastic show, I hope, full of interesting insights and special people. And, in fact, we do have some special people in studio today. We're going to be talking about... I guess you could call it medical tourism. I don't know. Voluntourism. We're going to find out what it's like to be a doctor coming from overseas and working here in South Africa. And to help us do this, we have Dr. Alan Peter, who's a pulmonologist at Chris Harney Baragwana, and Mo Rashan, who's all the way from New Zealand, uh, which is basically about as far away, I think, as you can go before you start coming back the other way if you're going to be visiting South Africa. And he is a medical student. They are at... Swanage House. We're going to be finding what that's all about. Guys, welcome to Chaifem. Thanks for being with us on the New Blue Review. Good morning, Benji, and thank you for bringing us into the studio. Thank you for having us. Yes, great and very, very interesting to hear, especially since you basically uh, are down the road from the studio. So it's interesting to hear uh, that this is happening on our doorstep. Dr. Peter, perhaps just started off for us. Uh, explain to us what is the concept of Swanage House and what do you guys do there? So Benji Swanage uh, is a home in which I host visiting medical students from around the world uh, because South Africa is so intense with its trauma, both at Charlotte McAke and Chrisani Baragwanath Hospital. Uh, we're on the map for trauma, and students cannot get the experience that they get at these two hospitals um, in a year. They'll get uh, in one day. They'll get their experience in a year. And so students from around the world and doctors as well come to South Africa for a trauma elective which lasts about six weeks, four to six weeks. Um, and I started this at the request of the university's elective officer who saw my six-bedroomed home and said this would be fantastic for students. Uh, and so the students uh, started coming and they've stayed with me since. I've had over 536 students since the beginning of 2007 from uh, 31 countries around the world. And currently, Mo, here in the studio, is one of those students uh, from New Zealand. Well, yeah, let's find out, Mo. Uh, welcome to South Africa. Hope you are enjoying it here. Yeah. Uh, maybe tell us, how did you find out about this? Like, are we that well known, even in New Zealand, that you're like, oh, wow, you know, we've really got to go to some unpronounceable hospital somewhere, learn about trauma? Well, thank you again for having me, Benji. Um, well, firstly, I, I since I started medical school, I've wanted to actually come to South Africa in order to try and get some experience in not just trauma, but just to get a whole new perspective on healthcare in, in different parts of the world. Um, and so when deciding on where I was going to do my elective, there were a few choices I needed to make. Firstly was cost, trying to make sure something that's not too expensive, such as Europe, um, something with a good amount of experience in the hospital. So Chris Hani Baragwanath and Charlotte McLeke as well is quite um, quite unique in that respect. And thirdly was also travel somewhere, a country that was beautiful in terms of sites and in terms of animals. So all those things sort of came together and South Africa was number one on the list in that regard. Um, in terms of finding about Swanage, um, 
a lot of people gave me warnings about coming to South Africa, uh, in particular Johannesburg. Right. And so I had to definitely do my research before coming here and, and make sure I kept my wits about me. And, and when doing my research, I found out about Swanage. There's a, this lovely uh, blog post online about Swanage. And I did some reading and I saw that Alan was the person living here and who's a doctor at uh, Chris Hani Baragwanath. And so I sent him an email and, and here I am today. First of all, I'd like to just ask you, you know, I know that besides the actual experience, sometimes I understand that medical training is actually done very differently in a developing world context. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you found that there's different conceptual ways of approaching medicine when you've done it here? Uh, so I've been very lucky at, at uh, Joburg Jen as well to try and uh, delve in with a lot of the other medical students as well. So I've been getting a one-to-one comparison versus um, in regards to what I see as a final year medical student and what the final year medical students here are doing. And in terms of the way that medical programs are run here, it seems very similar to the way it's run in New Zealand in terms of um, the duration, postgraduate, undergraduate entrance. The only thing in, is that I've noticed here is that the, the caliber and, and the uh, intensity of teaching here is, is very high quality, I've noticed. Um, I think that the students here are very hardworking and a lot of the a lot of the doctors here very pride themselves on on teaching and it's been a pleasure to try and get involved and be part of that teaching as well. Now, Peter... Where did this idea come from? I'm, I'm assuming that you didn't buy a six-room house with the idea that you wanted to fill it up with students from 31 different countries. Uh, so, so where did uh, the thought process come from that this was a program that the university needed, that the hospitals needed, and that you were the, the man for the job? So I, I just bought the house because it's a, it's a lovely home. It's a country cottage style with bay windows. And uh, it's my, it was my friend's house, and he was moving out of Sandringham. Uh, for Pekinwood Estate, and I just said, I love this house, I'd like to buy it. I had no idea or intention um, of what was going to come next uh, until the electives officer phoned me up and asked me where I was staying, and she was living in Lombardy East, and she came around, and she saw the place, and she said, we're desperate for student accommodation um, at WITS, and she said, wouldn't you put students up? And because in my priestly background, I've lived with uh, people from around the world with a constant come and go uh, in in many different situations. Uh, I'm quite well adapted to living with uh, in an international community. And, you know, the aim of Swanage is to make a home for people so they feel it's like their home. And I say to them, there's only one rule. This is your home. You're going to have fun. Uh, and that's it. Um, and... I think one guy said to me, he said, Alan, do you have any idea what you're doing at Swanage? I said to him, well, I'm, I'm hosting you guys. I'm giving you a safe environment. Sandringham is the second safest suburb in Johannesburg because the AREF is patrolled by CAP. Yeah, exactly. you've got the AREF and CAP. I mean, what exactly. more do you need? And, uh, the only one is <laughs> Rosebank and Saxonworld. Sure. Uh, so we live in a very safe environment thanks to the security. And he said, you're not just doing this. He said, you're knitting relationships around the world. So in, a, in the place where Mo is uh, with people from England, uh, we've had someone recently from Milan, uh, someone from Hong Kong who's flown in and out. Uh, friendships are being knitted uh, and uh, young doctors go away with the links that cross the globe that get uh, joined and tied here in Sanrio. 
Now, you, you mentioned that you are a priest. We, we are very used to on the station having uh, doctor rabbis that uh, that come on. And I think we've ever had a doctor priest. Maybe you're the first. Uh, your priest work actually did intersect with your medical work for a long time as well. You want to talk to us that, about that? That, that was true. Um, I was in Soweto. And um, it, it's, it's a wonderful life. Uh, but I was always an uh, assistant priest because I was trying to keep the medicine going all the time. Um, and I think as you progress in your various professions, um, I've certainly felt this in the medical profession, the more senior you become uh, in one profession, the more and more responsibilities you begin to take on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and eventually it was virtually impossible to, to keep the two together without sacrificing one. Uh, and one stays with one's priestly character for the rest of your life. Uh, and it, that's my not being attached to a wife and kids has enabled me to be kind of a dad or a father figure to young people around the world in the medical space. So you are a priest, doctor, but you're also a, a Jesuit priest, which is very kind of a, a specific part of the church and a specific order. Tell us a little bit about that for people who might not know what a Jesuit is. I, I left the Jesuit order in 2006 when I was unable to keep the two together. But the uh, the, the order of Jesuits, there are about uh, 20,000 priests around the world, and they get involved in all kinds of work that bring about the greater glory of God. So they'll be teachers They'll be working um, in chaplaincies, in hospitals. Some of them are astronomers, uh, work in the Vatican um, science institutes, uh, and they get involved in any work that brings about God's greater glory. So um, typically, in fact, one of the, the early Jesuit heads of the Jesuit, Pedro Rupe, was in fact a medical student but uh, gave up his medical studies and was in Hiroshima when they dropped the bomb um, and they survived uh, that attack. So there are, the, in, the analogy for those who aren't kind of Christian, I would use the medical analogy, you know, a doctor's a doctor's a doctor. Um, but you've got gynees, you've got ENTs, you've got surgeons, you've got physicians. You're all doing the same work. Um, and that's basically, in a sense, what we all do with faith. Uh, in Judaism, Christianity, Islam, and Hinduism, we're all about trying to bring about the goodness of the human soul uh, to, to spread chesed, to, to, to bring kindness to the world uh, through our individual religious philosophies. Um, and that's, uh, in a sense, typically what underlies the Jesuit motto, Admirem Dei Gloriam. Now, Mo, let me ask you uh, some questions. You've talked about your medical experience. You also said that you, you wanted to do a bit of, like, traveling here. What has been the experience like? Did someone explain to you something called load shedding before you came? Yeah. Uh, have you been able to uh, see things and get a sense of Johannesburg? Uh, I don't know what part of New Zealand you're from, but it can be a fairly rural part of the world, but also yeah. has a very, some very interesting urban centers. So what has that been like outside of the medical context? Uh, so outside of the medical context, I've been trying – my best to uh, get involved in, in as much things as possible outside of outside of the hospital. So uh, last week we were lucky enough to go out to Mountain Sanctuary Park, 
um, which was beautiful. We got to see some animals and we got to go for swims and some beautiful rock pools as well. And we've tried to sort of explore the city as much as we can. We've done a tour around Soweto the other day. Um, did some bungee jumping off the Soweto Towers, which might not have been the the best idea in, in regards to what my mum thought. <laughs> but it's, I've been trying to make the most of it as, as, as much as I could. In terms of load shedding, I did read a lot about it before coming in. It's something that you have to sort of be prepared for. But in Swanage, actually, we've been super lucky because we've had um, a solar system and a, a great battery system as well that has allowed the lights to go on. So the the biggest sort of issue with load shedding at the moment is in the morning sometimes you can't make a cup of coffee, which is which is really nice to to have that as the only sort of issue in Swanage. But you can sort of see how it impacts the rest of the the rest of the city as you drive through. You can see um, the other night we were out at the the Linksfield Ridge and looking over Johannesburg, and we could see the the areas that just had no power at all, and it was just pitch black right next to areas that had the full lights sort of going off. And when you're driving, you can see the traffic lights go out, and you have to try and learn how to maneuver these sort of intersections. So, and you've learned that they're called robots and not traffic. Yeah, yeah, we I learned that one on the first day, but I, I can't get myself to say robot. I'll be honest. <laughs> but yeah, I think everything's been a great learning curve, and it's exactly what I've been wanting. I want to get a lot of medical knowledge, but also a lot of world knowledge as well coming out of this experience. Now, Peter, the element of the administration of the thing is a house, it has to run, it has to have food, it has to have apparently electricity, that part you've done quite well. Probably, I'm assuming you'll have to deal with home affairs. What is it like to actually continuously every six weeks have to bring literally on board new people come into the house? It must be quite a thing. Well, it's really exciting. Um, the All the admin is done by the university. So because I'm on the university website, all the students get their paperwork done with the university. Uh, they get registered with the HBCSA. Um, uh, and then they, they choose a place where they want to stay. There's a place in Mondior, uh, which is very close to the hospital. Uh, there's Swanage and Sandringham. Sometimes say, well, oh, you're too far. And I say, well, the reason why I live in Sandringham is because it's a safe suburb. Mm-hmm. If you want to be close to the hospital, you're close to higher crime areas uh, as well. And the social lifestyle here in Sandringham is a lot better uh, and better suited to what the students need is when they when they come home from from a hard day at the hospital is to be able to go out to multiple restaurants, to be able to go out and have a run around the the golf course and not fear for your life. But uh, so, I mean, the caliber of students has been absolutely astounding. I mean, medical students around the world are in the top 0.1%. They're multi-talented. They're gifted. Um, they're good human beings generally. And they've come from all walks of life. And they have, in fact, they have, in fact, built me up. I've been absolutely edified by some of the, the backgrounds of, of, of these guys that have actually come to Swanage. And, and that's what we've tried to do. What I do on the first, in the first week of December and we is I invite all my neighbors to Swanage and we have a dinner. And this last Christmas, we've, I've got a Dutch neighbor, uh, Afrikaans, dyed in the wool. And I have a, the Tembing Korsi, the family that's moved in next door to me. And they'd never met each other. And so they came to Swanage. We have a meal. Um, and they couldn't say goodbye to each other. They spent so much time chatting it was a, a wonderful wonderful event um and a lot of people for example our afro-african brothers and sisters um mo and the medical students only see the bad side of what alcohol does to a population they don't get to socialize with people south africans who are outside of their patient scenario mm-hmm. and what i try to do at swanage is have a lot of my afro-african friends uh sometimes interact with 
guys at Swanage, the guys and girls. And that allows them to see a wider spectrum of South Africa that's not just associated with violence, stabbing and killings for a few bucks uh, and, and a cell phone. And part of this journey, as Mo has said, is we're going to the Pilansburg. And what I do is I offer these guys a trip to the Pilansburg uh, for a weekend. Um, and if there are South Africans available who want to come uh, and we have space, we take them as well. So it becomes a social interaction. Uh, and the, the secret is basically when you start talking to each other and you eat together, um, a lot of the tensions and disputes and the animosities between people actually just fall away, really. You must have, in fact, I'd, lo- I'd love to actually ask both of you because actually New Zealand had a very specific experience around this, but you've just gone through a small apocalypse, right? Uh, if you're a medical person, you had to deal with COVID and whatever. Did that interrupt what you were doing? Uh, yeah, uh, it certainly interrupted the medical students coming to Swanage. Mm-hmm. So I have roughly about 35 uh, students, 25 to 35, uh, that come every year. And that dropped off to about 10 um, before they had to get out of the country quickly when airports started closing down. And uh, students had to just cancel their electives. Uh, but that was the world over. And from a personal point of view, COVID was an enormous strain for us physicians because we had to deal with that. The surgeons stopped operating because non, no only emergency surgery was contemplated. Um, and I would have to clock patients in a hazmat suit, not touch a pen, not touch a paper, uh, and try and remember their clinical details uh, after having seen them. Uh, which became very, very difficult. And you ha- used to have a shower after every patient that you saw who was COVID positive. And we saw people dying, um, which was, which was really stressful. And I'm sure Mo has a, uh, an insight in New Zealand. Yeah, I mean, Mo, I'd be interested as a student who was going through this, particularly, I mean, New Zealand shut down the whole country, literally, mm-hmm. you couldn't get in or out. So what was that like? Mm. I think uh, New Zealand was very lucky to be an isolated country um, and an isolated island throughout this whole COVID pandemic. And I think in order to try and get on top of it, they did shut down the country and it was very long lockdown periods that happened. Um, in New Zealand, I think we were very lucky um, in terms of the amount of deaths that COVID sort of brought along and in terms of the amount of people getting sick, we, were, we all got off pretty, pretty good in that regard. Um, as a medical student during this hospital system, there was a lot of, you know, teaching, a lot of things that were sort of cancelled um, just because they couldn't sort of uh, balance how students were interacting in the hospital system, trying to keep students safe, but also trying to keep the spread of COVID in the hospital under control. So I think to, to come out on the other side of things and be able to, you know, go on elective and and take part in the hospital system around the world post-apocalypse, um, it, it is quite nice. Um, and I think in New Zealand, so I'm part of Auckland University, the University of Auckland, I think we're the only university, the, med- the only medical school in New Zealand that has allowed elective students to come out this year. Um, the other university, I think, is probably planning on doing things next year just because they're still worried about COVID and what it has to bring. It must be very interesting in giving you a unique insight having internationals come in and look at our system. I mean, when you do anything in the public sector in South Africa, you, you, you sometimes, I think, get normalized to things which are maybe not so normal in, in other parts of the world. I mean, have, do you find that your international students give you an insight into where our system is and where it can be better? Well, their abiding fear is the safety issue. Uh, that's the first concern. And I'd probably say they're a bit anxious about safety for the 
maximum the first couple of days. And then very quickly, uh, particularly here in Sandringham, all those issues kind of disappear. Uh, and uh, the guys are, are, are more relaxed. They're more relaxed about driving around. Um, they do ask me, do they have to stop at traffic lights? And I said generally yes. Um, so the safety is a big concern. But I will tell you off the bat now that over 75% of all these students that have come through my home actually have a fantastic experience in South Africa and a lot would like to come back. Uh, it's just that the laws are, are quite tough uh, integrating foreign doctors for obvious reasons uh, back into the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Germans tell me, you know, we broke down our walls in Berlin and you've guys, uh, you guys have got the Berlin Wall around every single property. Uh, and so... Uh, another insight, I had a German student staying with me and initially he felt, he felt there was no nightlife in Sandringham. You couldn't go out at 11 o'clock at night. And the longer he stayed, the more he realized that this is actually quite a nice thing to have, to have your own garden, your own quiet space. Um, and when he went back to Germany, he said, well, I'm going to have a ground floor flat. Um, I, I don't want to be upstairs anymore because I need access to a garden. Uh, and the need to go out and walk around at night and have uh, do shopping at one o'clock in the morning wasn't a big thing for him anymore. So I think the students adapt. We sometimes uh, are envious of the fact that they've got electricity and and water that works. In, have you had any sort of very big changes for the students that come? Like someone has like had a particularly unusual experience or something that really changed them and, and what they do. That's very difficult to, to pinpoint. I think the majority of the students, the majority of the students say, you know, people made a fuss about South Africa. It's not as bad as they, they said it, you know, they said it's actually fantastic. It, it's great to be. I mean, uh, Mo's better suited to m- maybe answer this question, no? Uh, I think, yeah, what you said there was just absolutely correct. I think the first few days that you're here, you're always kind of nervous. I remember I landed in, um, Johannesburg airport at 9pm at night and oh, I was so stressed trying to figure out how to get home and how to stay safe but after like the first few days and I I made it a, a thing to try and take Ubers the first week that I've been here to take Ubers to get to the hospital to to go get my groceries and stuff and during that time I was able to talk to a lot of the people that drive these Ubers and have a conversation with them and I very quickly realized that everyone here is just just very very pleasant there are very there are parts of the city that can be dangerous and you have to be smart about how you interact with those areas, but you can't go in here with a, a blanket statement and paint everyone with a broad brush and say, you know, this whole area is, is dangerous. You're listening to 101.9 High FM. We're talking today about Swanage, which is a, a place that takes medical students from all over the ro- all over the world, just down the road here in Sandringham. And we'll be back just after this. This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. 101.9 Chai FM. I'm Benji Shulman and we're talking today to Dr. Alan Peter and Mo Rashan. They are from Swanage House, a place that brings in uh, international medical students and doctors uh, to come work in our university system and our hospital system. And we're just finding out what it is like to be a foreign medical personnel in, in South Africa. And it's a fascinating uh, discussion. Alan, I have another question for you around... Uh, the general operation of the house. I mean, you're dealing with adults. You're dealing with people who I'm assuming, I don't know if they have their own room, if they're in bunks, if they, 
you know, if they want to party too hard, if it becomes a problem, like, do, are there rules at the door that you have to uh, sign up for? Like, how does it work? No, so, um, so when people apply, um, I've got, uh, Four double rooms upstairs, one single room, and I have a cottage that can take two people. And if they apply, I give them all the options. Uh, would they like to share? Would they like a single room? Would they like a double room on their own? And people get what they wish for. Mm-hmm. If there is a high demand and they're all friends, then I'll say, look, you, if you, you, you can only come if you're willing to share because I've got no more space. Contact this person and if they're willing to share with you, then that's fine. You come. And basically we've got uh, fridges in the kitchen. I, I have a, a kitchen that's well stocked. Everyone looks after themselves in terms of food. Uh, on a Saturday or Sunday, if I'm around um, at, and I'm free the weekend, I will p- often pull out meat and say, come, we're all going to have a family dinner together because people are coming and going. They're on call. They're on night. They're leaving early. They've gone to gym. And everyone leads, leads their own kind of uh, independent lives. We all just kind of keep the common areas tidy. I have the house serviced uh, twice a week. Someone does the garden. And uh, we go out to restaurants. We just we have a little WhatsApp. Group and we may decide, you know, let's do Shwama in Norwood or Shaikana, or we and we'll go out together as a team for those who who are available. Mm-hmm. Um, people are independent um, and then no rules. I do have a hospitality rule which I extend. So if you've come to Swanage and if the students ever want to come back to South Africa, they get three or four free days accommodation because it's their home and they're coming home. If someone wants to invite their parents or a girlfriend or boyfriend and they coming out to South Africa to join them and they want to spend two days. If I've got a room, they stay uh, and it's, 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 it's my pleasure to, to host them that way. If there's no space, I've got two three-seater three couches in the lounge and people can doss down there uh, for the night. But the aim is to create a homely atmosphere and a community and a family. Um, the other day we had a, a, a meal and we had, we had guys from the British Army, medics in the British Army. We had guys in the German Army, uh, and we didn't talk about the war. Um, we had, uh, we had uh, this lady from Italy, someone from Hong Kong. And as I walked through my kitchen, I could hear German in the kitchen. I could hear South African English in the lounge. And as I got to the patio, I heard the King's English on the patio. And we all got on with the family. We, we also get on with multi-faith. Uh, Mo and I have had discussions um, about faith. I've had people from Israel uh, stay with me, uh, keeping the kosher, keeping as kosher as possible. Uh, my most um, exotic uh, medical student, being a Christian, I suppose you'd say, was a young girl from Nazareth, and that was something else, you know. So I've taken people on safari. I had a Baha'i. I had Nur Hussain from Baghdad, who was Muslim. I had a Spanish surgeon who was Catholic. I had Alex from Switzerland, who was Jewish. And we all jokingly found out about each other's faiths, faiths asked 101 questions, and we spent 10 days in the Kruger Park together. It's fabulous. Absolutely amazing. Now, if people want to find out more about the project, or you say that sometimes I'm sure that uh, we have uh, doctors in the community do, do listen to this as well, uh, and you do these sorts of outreach, how can people find out more information? Um, you just type Alan Swanage and hit Google, or swanage.co.za, and the website's there. Incredible. Well, uh, Dr. Alan Peters, Dr. Uh, and 
soon to be Dr. Mo Russian. Uh, guys, thank you so much for joining us in the studio. Mo, enjoy the rest of your time in our country. Feel thank welcome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Really great having you here. And Peter, thank you so much for doing uh, uh, just incredible work and having such a nice institution on our doorstep. And thank you for the privilege of speaking to your listeners. I'm Benji Shulman, and this is 101.9 High FM.